So the first reading comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 52. It's found on page 94, 943 of the uh, Blue Bibles. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in her years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple complex, serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Every year, his parents travelled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming he was in the travelling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple complex, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked them. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to, to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and with people. And the second reading is, verse, is Psalm 121, found on page 562. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going, both now and forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to him. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come?
comes from the Lord, who makes heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and forevermore. I love that video because there's times in life where I feel like a little child and the the journey ahead of me just seems so difficult. And there's times in life where I feel like I'm all alone and there's no one there with me and I don't quite know how I'm going to get through the next hour, let alone the next day. Do you ever feel like that? It, it's good to feel like that. I used to feel like a little child where... You know, the, the journey looks so treacherous. And there's, there's vast rivers to cross and there's mud to trample through and there's birds and there's trees and there's darkness and you just think, gosh, how am I going to cope with this? Do you ever feel like that in life? I do. I remember sitting in North Shore Hospital uh, in the middle of last year and our second boy, Nathaniel, was in hospital. Normally that'd be okay. Uh, but my wife was also on bed rest with her pregnancy, and I had my broken arm, and we've got two other boys at home. I remember sitting in North Shore Hospital thinking, where is my help going to come from? I feel utterly and utterly desperate. Actually quite a good feeling, you know. Because self-sufficient... All controlling Paul Dale can't cope with life. And to reach that, that moment in your life where you just cry out to the Lord, Lord, I need you, because I can't do this. Have you ever been there? I hope you have. It's not a pleasant place to be. But when you're in that place, trust me, you walk closer and closer with God. Let's face it, we are pretty proud self-sufficient, all-controlling people, aren't we? We think we know exactly what's going to happen this year, don't we? But we don't. Put your hand up here if you know what's going to happen in 2016. Put your hand up here if you know what's going to happen next week, let alone next year. Oh, you've got your plans, of course you have. You've got your dreams and you've got your aspirations, but none of us know what's going to happen. And, and trust me, there'll be moments in 2016 where you feel like a little child... 
and it's all dark around you and you are scared and you are afraid and you feel helpless and you feel desperate and you feel lonely and where do you turn to for help? That's my question tonight. Where do you run to for help? Oh, people are quite good, aren't they? Friends are helpful. Family are helpful. But you know what? Your friends will let you down. Your family will let you down. And there'll be some things that you go through this year that your family and your friends just can't help you with. It's not that they don't want to help, they just can't help. Oh, I know, why don't you, why don't you run to your studies? Get a few more degrees, that would help, wouldn't it? You can have a list of degrees as long as your arm. But in that times of trial and darkness and suffering and temptations and tragedies, what good is a PhD? Utterly useless. So your friends can't help and your families can't help and your qualifications can't help. So what are you going to do in life? How about take up a hobby? You know, fill your diary with doing stuff. Take up a sport, take up some drama, do some flower arranging. That might make you feel better. Does that work? Where's your help going to come from? That's my question tonight. When you're in the, the dark valleys of life, when you're going through trials and tragedies and suffering and heartache and pain, or even just normal life where you just feel out of control, where are you going to run to? Your friends don't help, your family can't help, your qualifications can't help, your work can't help, your hobbies don't help. Where are you going to run to? Did you hear the words of Psalm 121? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. I, I love that video because of that, that beautiful moment in the video where the child is hugging onto a tree. Do you see that? And, and that's the moment in the video where it turns from darkness to light. And that's the moment in the video where, yes, the path is treacherous, but it's like she's hugging this tree and she's not going to do this alone. And the picture of that tree is a picture of her God. Because when you do life with God, when you cling on to God, when you run to God, when you seek your help from your God, it's not saying your life's going to be easy. There'll still be rivers to cross. There'll still be valleys to go through. There'll still be darkness all around you. But you're not doing it alone, are you? And the thing about God is that he can help. And he will help. And he does help. And he won't let you down. And he won't fail you. Because he's always there with you. That's our psalm tonight, Psalm 121. I, I love this psalm. We're going to spend four Sundays in January going through different psalms. We do it every January. You know, in the olden days in church, you would have the psalms read every week. Not just four times a year, but every single week you'd have a psalm read. And I think Christians were richer because of that. Because when you come to the Psalms, uh, there is no emotion that you are feeling that you won't find somewhere in the Psalms. There's no situation or circumstance that you don't go through that are not there somewhere in the Psalms. The, the Psalms are like this, this unique part of the Bible where it's not just God speaking to us. 
You get a, a window into how men and women speak to God. People who are going through different life circumstances, how they respond to God. Uh, they're very raw, the Psalms, aren't they? If you read the Psalms uh, rightly, there's, there's no politeness. Uh, the Psalmists just tell God how they're feeling, don't they? They express their hurt and disappointment. They express their confusion. They express their joy and their delight. That's the richness of the Psalms. Can I encourage you this year just to spend time in the Psalms? Meditate on the Psalms. Memorize the Psalms. Your walk with God will be the richer because of it. So tonight we're in Psalm 121 and that's the question, where does my help come from? I hope you asked that question. You will ask that question this year. There'll be a situation or a circumstance that you just can't figure out. You need help. And the answer to that question comes in verse 2. Look at it with me. I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, from my covenant-keeping Yahweh, the God that we know as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just, just look up a bit. So, Psalm 121, the Lord our protector, a song of ascent. There are 15 psalms in the Psalter that are called the songs of ascent. And these are the psalms that the, the pilgrims would sing or would chant as they walked towards Jerusalem. Uh, these are the psalms that will be sung as they went towards the temple to worship God. And please remember that Jerusalem is the hill countries. So as these men and women would, who loved God were going to worship God, were setting out on their journey to, to reach the temple, to reach the place to worship God, as they're setting out, they would see before them these huge mountains. Now how do you think they're feeling? The temple's in the distance, they're about to meet their God, but between them and God is this mountain. How are they feeling? Excited? Anticipating? In awe they're going to meet with God. But between them and God, there's the unknown, isn't there? They don't have cars, they don't have helicopters, they don't have trains. They don't have their personal pilot to fly them into Jerusalem. They have to walk over the mountains. And they're scared. They're scared of the bandits. They're scared of wild animals. They're scared of the weather. They're scared that their feet might slip. That's the context of this psalm. I look to the mountains. Where's my help going to come from? How am I going to reach you, God? Now, now, we're not heading towards the temple in Jerusalem, are we? Where are we heading towards? The new Jerusalem? Heaven? The place where there is no pain and suffering or trial or tragedy. That, that's where we're heading. Uh, we might not have to walk over a mountain to get there. We just have to go through life. Life with all its ups and downs and twists and turns and mountains and valleys. Uh, and as we walk through life towards the new Jerusalem, as we walk towards heaven, like the psalmist, we were supposed to cry out, I lift my eyes towards the mountains. Where will my help come from? Oh, that's right, my help comes from the Lord. It's a beautiful, beautiful psalm. 
I want to give you three reasons tonight why your help comes from the Lord. Here's the first one. Because the Lord is powerful. The reason that you call to him for help is because he is the all-powerful one. There are times in life where I wish that I'd lived 2,000 years ago or 4,000 years ago. Do you ever long for the simple life? No technology, no iPhones, no iPads, no modern transport, just, just you and your, your feet to walk. Can you imagine being one of the early pilgrims and they just set out on this journey towards God and they're all alone? And they cry out to God, where's my help going to come from? And they look towards the mountains, and I imagine that their minds are thinking, wow, those mountains, they're, they're so majestic, and they're so grand, and they're so big, and they're so glorious. And that's the moment when they go, ah, oh, someone made those mountains. There is a creator who knows those mountains. And that same creator knows me. Do you ever think like that? The God who made the mountains, the God who made the valleys, the God who made the stars, the God who made the rivers, the God who made the vast oceans. He is the all-powerful one, isn't he? How, how, do, you, how do you make those things? I, I struggle to make dinner. God makes the, the majestic mountain ranges. He's strong, he's mighty, he is powerful, but he's not distant. He's the same God who knows you. He is your maker, he is your creator, he is your God. I think sometimes we should go back to kindergarten. Just start to see God like a little child again. Remember the the, uh, kids' church song? He's got the whole world in his hand. Got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. Do you know verse 2 of that song? He's got the rivers and the mountains in his hands. He's got the oceans and the seas in his hands. He's got you and he's got me in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hand. If God holds the rivers and the mountains Every single one in in the the palm of his hand. And that same palm of his hand holds you and me. Don't you think that God is able to help you? If God with a word can throw a mountain in the sea, that's how strong he is and how mighty he is. Don't you think he's strong enough to help you in your time of trouble? See, the problem is, I think, that we have such a small view of God the reason we don't lift our eyes towards the mountains and lift our eyes towards God is because we have such a small view of him. Do you remember how God silenced Job? It's a beautiful chapter in Job where God says to Job, Job, listen to me for a moment. Were you there? Were you there when I made the world? Were you there when I created snow? And were you there when I made the mountains? Were you there when I created the valleys and the were you there? Tell me, Job, because you know everything, don't you? I think God had to humble me this last year. 
to remind me I'm not all-powerful and I can't fix everything. And maybe that's the lesson you should learn tonight. He's all-powerful, you are not. And that's why when you call out to him, you can trust him. Maybe you need to spend time this new year Drive to North Head at 11 p.m. at night in the pitch darkness and just sit. Turn off your radio, turn off your iPhone, turn off all your technology, turn off your car. And just hear the, the waves pounding against the rocks and see the stars in the sky. Or drive to the Blue Mountain and just spend time with your creator. Just recapture his bigness and his power. Because when you grasp that, you go, yeah, okay, he's able to help me. So call to the Lord because he's all-powerful. But the Lord is also your powerful protector. That's the repeated word in our psalm. Sixth time it comes. Verse 3, your protector will not slumber. Verse 4, the protector of Israel doesn't slumber or sleep. Verse 5, the Lord protects you. Verse 7, the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and your going. Verse 8. You can't miss it, can you? The Lord is your protector. What does that word mean? What does it mean for God to be your protector? It's a rhetorical question so you can call out. If the Lord is a protector, what does that mean? A security guard. Who's that? Sam. Oh no, Ollie. It's a great example. He's your security guard. He's watching out for you, protecting you from danger and from harm. What else? Protects your soul. How does he do that? Yeah, he protects your soul from the dark forces. The word is used in different ways in the Bible. Remember in Ezekiel where you've got the picture of a watchman? And the watchman climbs the tower and he, his job is to watch over the city and to, to spot the enemies approaching and to guard the city. That's what God does, you know. Like he's on the high tower of life and he sees everything that happens behind you and before you. He sees all the trials that you're going to face. He goes, okay, I'm going to prepare you for this. It's the same word used where, you know, uh, uh, Birds, the, the, the mother bird will, will, will shelter the young under, under her wing. It's a beautiful picture, that, isn't it? That's the picture of God protecting you. Kind of, he shelters you under his wing. Well, it's the same word used where you've got a, a, a parent and a child. And if you've ever looked after kids, you've got that sort of protective streak in you. So, you know, the child runs towards the road and you instinctively want to grab them. Or the child goes towards the the fire and you go, no! Or you protect your child because you you teach them the the right things to do and you warn them of the wrong things to do. That's the picture of God, you know. Like a a watchman in a tower, uh, seeing everything that's about to come your way to warn you. Uh, He's the one, like the the bird who sheltered you under his wing. He's the one who, like a parent, who just wants to to grab hold of you and to to stop you from doing the stupid things. Do you ever think of God like that, as a protector like that? 
was about eight years ago that I suffered sort of fairly bad insomnia. <laughs> and insomnia for an endurance athlete is a really bad combination because what do you do if you can't sleep? I know, I go for a 10k run at 2am in the morning. And so night after night after night, I would go for a run over the Harbour Bridge at 1am or 2am or 3am. And no one's around at 3am in the morning on the Harbour Bridge, are they? I don't see there are. Who's there at 3am? Security guards. They became my best friends. Conversation with the security guards at 2am in the morning. What are they doing at 2am in the morning? Watching? Protecting? Uh, that's the picture of your God, you know. Like a security guard. Except that he doesn't do different shifts. He's always on guard. Do you spot that in verse 5 of our passage? No, it's, sorry, verse 3. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel doesn't slumber or sleep. That's a beautiful truth, that your God does not need to sleep. That your God is always awake. He never daydreams. He's never distractive. He's never inattentive. He's always aware. He's always watching over you. He doesn't grow weary. He doesn't grow faint. His eyes are on you 24-7. And I love the way that it repeats it. Verse 3, your protector will not slumber. And then it makes it more personal in verse 4. The protector of Israel doesn't slumber or sleep. And what it's saying there is that yes, the Lord Yahweh protects his whole world. He's got the whole world in his hands. But more than that, verse 4, especially he protects his own people. Israel, his covenant people. And that's us, isn't it? Uh, people who have been bought with the blood of Jesus, people who are precious to God, we belong to God, we're his children, we're his sons, we're his daughters, he loves us, he cares for us, and like a parent, his eyes are always on us. It's a beautiful truth. Maybe there's moments where you think that God has got distracted and he can't see the, the valley you're about to walk through. He can, you know. Moments where you're thinking, oh, God, God must have fallen asleep because I've been crying out to him and he's not hearing me. No, he does hear you. Or maybe you're thinking, oh, surely God's, God's eyes are on Syria and they're on Iraq and they're on Baghdad or on the, the people who are starving or the people who are drowning. God's got bigger things to worry about than little me. The beautiful truth about the Bible is that God can juggle 10 billion things in his hand all the same time and each one gets exactly the same amount of attention. No matter how small you think your trial or problem is, it's not too small for God. He sees it. He knows it. He never sleeps. His eyes are on you. I love the story of Mrs. Smith in World War II. I, I grew up in Coventry. Uh, it's famous for being the most bombed city in World War II. Uh, there's a story of a lady called Mrs. Smith, and there's, there's bombs dropping everywhere. Uh, there's buildings being destroyed everywhere. And people are hunting for Mrs. Smith. Where is she? And they eventually find her, and she's in her bedroom. 
and she's sleeping. And they ask her, Mrs. Smith, how could you sleep with all those bombs dropping all around you? She said this. But the Bible says that he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So I decided there was no use in both of us staying awake. So I went to sleep and left it in the Lord's hands. And maybe you and I need to learn to do that. The endless, endless hours that we spend lying awake, tossing and turning and worrying about everything, instead of talking to the Lord about it. The endless hours that we spend googling, trying to fix it, and we forget to take it to the Lord. The endless hours we spend strategizing how we're going to solve this problem, how we're going to cope with life this year. But the one thing we forget to do is take it to the Lord in prayer. You've got a God who sees, who never sleeps, who's always awake, who cares for you. He just wants you to talk to him. And the promise of verse 3 is that he will not allow your foot to slip. That verse is not saying that you won't stumble or you won't fall in life. That verse is not saying that your life will be smooth and plain sailing. But that verse is saying that God will not let you slip away. That God will not let you wander and fall away from him. He will protect you spiritually. Psalm 38 verse 16 uses exactly the same phrase. You won't be overcome by your personal sin. Psalm 66 verse 8, you won't be overcome from the enemy's oppression. I love that truth. God will do everything in his power to protect you. Uh, I was chatting to somebody who, over the new year, has come back to the Lord. How did God protect them? He used Facebook, of all things. It was New Year's Eve where on Facebook all these old Christian friends of his were, were just putting Bible verses. And someone like the God says, remember me, I'm here. Stop trying to run away from me. When you're about to make a really dumb decision in 2016, how is the Lord going to protect you from wandering? He'll put that really annoying Christian friend in your path. He will say to you, don't be so stupid. That's not the right decision. That's not the godly decision to make. You know, when you're tempted to, to spiral into that particular sin, that you think, oh, look, God won't mind. I've been fighting that sin for years. I'm just going to give into it this year. And God pricks your conscience or gives you a Bible verse or gives you another annoying Christian friend who says, look, we're going to be accountable for that. You're going to conquer that one. That's how God, in his wisdom and kindness, protects you and stops you from wandering and stops you from falling. So do you ever think about God like that? Not just the all-powerful, all-majestic creator, but your, your personal protector. That's our third point tonight. The Lord is a powerful protector who is personally present. From that awful song, God is watching from a distance. It's utter, utter garbage, isn't it? The song is garbage, but the, but the theology is garbage as well. 
God is watching up close and personal. I love verse 5. Look at it with me. The Lord protects you personally. That's a singular you there. The Lord protects you personally. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. I prefer the NIV there. The Lord is your shadow at your right hand. The Lord is as close to you as a shadow. Just me and my shadow. We were at Freshwater Beach, beach on was it Wednesday night. I can't remember now. And the sun was just setting and we walk into the beach and uh, I was like, who's that behind me? <laughs> oh, it's just me. <laughs> just my shadow. You ever had that experience? You feel like someone is there. Well, someone is there. Because God is there. And the promise of verse 5, he's just like a shadow. And you can't shake off a shadow, can you? That might frustrate you, actually. Maybe there's times this year you, you want to shake God off and say, go away, God, leave me, let me do my thing. But you know what? He won't. And he doesn't. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't leave you. He's closer than a shadow at your right hand. Verse 6, the sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. Through the trials of the day, through the terrors of the night, through every season of life, summer, spring, winter, autumn, God is there sticking right by you. The Lord will protect you from all harm, verse 7. He's, again, he's not saying that your life will be easy and free from trials. But he's saying that God, like a shadow, will walk alongside you and walk with you. You can never say, God has left you. Verse 8, the Lord will protect your coming and your going, both now and forever. It's that pledge, isn't it, that God is behind you and God is in front of you and God is underneath you and God is over you. He is past, he's present, he is future. There is nothing in life that you walk through and go through where God is not there right with you. Isn't that a comfort? I, I don't know what 2016 will bring you. Disease? Death? Doubt? Disappointment, divorce, disaster, I don't know. But I do know this, that the Lord is your shadow. That God is with you, watching over you. Not, not just watching over you. He's actually more up close and personal than that, isn't he? See, how are we different from the psalmist? Sitting here in Kirribilli in, in 2016, how are we different from the psalmist? God is not just a shadow, is he? What's the promise for those who believe in Jesus? I will send a, a comforter and a counselor called the Holy Spirit. Please don't forget him. And where does the Holy Spirit live? Inside of you, he dwells in you. So, so it's not like the sun sets and so your shadow disappears. The Spirit lives in you. God is dwelling in you. So God is in the trial with you. Now I find that a huge, huge comfort. No matter what I go through, no matter how scared I feel, I can never say I'm alone. 
And I'm sure there's moments in, the, in your life, like me, where you do feel all alone. Because friends have forgotten you. And family have let you down. And you feel utterly, utterly alone. And the promise of the psalm is you're never alone. Because your protector, the all-powerful protector, is personally present with you. And what better helper could you ask for? So I want to urge you to do just one thing tonight. And Snoopy has got it right. Look at this cartoon. Keep looking up. That's the secret of life. Stop looking around to all your friends and your family and your qualifications to satisfy you. And just look upwards. Lift your eyes upwards towards the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, your personal powerful protector. Look up to him. Cry out to him. Why don't you do that? Maybe you think that God is not able to help. He is able. He may choose not to, but he's able. Maybe you think that God is not willing to help you. That is terrible theology. Or maybe like me, you're kind of a, a Bob the Builder, I can fix it. You know, I'm all conquering, all sufficient, all capable Paul Dale. I can fix anything, can't I? No, I can't. No, I cannot, and no, I should not. Because nobody should walk through life thinking they could do it all. And I can stand here tonight and say, I think one of the reasons that God took me through 2015 was to humble me. To remind me what I needed most was to keep my eyes fixed on him. Because if I take my eyes off him, then we become proud, self-sufficient people, don't we? So how is your prayer life? When was the last time you sat down and you cried out to God, where's my help going to come from, God? Oh, yeah, that's right, you. You're my helper. When was the last time you did that? I don't know what your face is here, but run to him, lean on him, trust in him, depend on him, plead with him. Just keep looking outwards because your help comes from him.